Welcome back to another episode of He Says, She Says, God Says, the podcast about marriages and relationships where God is at the centre. And the centre of this podcast today is Emily. Of course it's Emily. (laughs) (laughs) So it should be. The topic of today is called Picking the One. How do you choose the right partner to spend the rest of your life with? So today we have an interview with Emily conducting the interview, her first time ever. She was pretty nervous about it. Crazy nervous. But she did a good job. Lots of editing. (laughs) Lots of editing. Uh, With Pete and Andrea, who have a really fascinating story about how they got together, but more importantly, what they were looking for before they started dating the type of person that they were looking for. They were so intentional. Incredibly intentional, incredibly spiritual in the way that they approached it. And I'm actually actually a little bit embarrassed that our story (laughs) doesn't doesn't have the same context as theirs. I would say it's probably opposite. Just a spoiler alert, Pete and Andrea both were looking for a partner who had a desire to serve the Lord. Now, I have to admit that I wasn't looking for a partner who had a desire to serve the Lord. That wasn't on my list. I'm very scared about asking what was on your list then. What was on my list? Do we need to talk about what was on your list? I mean, surely you would have thought, oh, great, I do want to find someone that has a belief in God. I don't think this... that was I don't think that was the primary thing. I just I think I just fell in love with you. I think that was the thing. I found the, the person uh who I was in, intensely attracted to who I thought was amazing. Oh, wow. But I don't think that you being a godly person with a desire to serve the Lord was in that list. Maybe it was just inherent there that Yeah. Ever since the interview, I've had to really think about that myself because as you even said before that you were embarrassed, I had to really think, wow, was was that on top of my list? And I have to admit that it wasn't on top of my list, but I think that you definitely showed the fruits of someone that had the spirit and that was walking with God. Uh, maybe they stumbling along. I don't know if I was well, particularly I we both, walking at that point. No, I think we were both stumbling along and I think that we found each other exactly in the same spot because we had so much in common as far as we were very different people and still are different people, but we were right in the same spot in our lives and we understood each other, I think. Maybe. And the attraction and the fun. <laughs> I think, I don't know, I, I wanted a godly person, but it certainly wasn't a top consideration. It is obviously incredibly important to have a partner who has the same vision mm. as as you do with the same faith and that comes out in this story quite a lot. When we first met, we were friends yeah, and we communicated a lot as friends and were quite critical of people who were getting married at that point in time. We were indeed. Um, and what were they doing getting married? They're too young and too this and <laughs> I'm going to live my life before I get Travel. married. And then, of course, we, we were the first out of our friends to get married. 
the Lord has such a funny sense of humour. And there we are walking down the aisle. But what's interesting is that we were both attracted, when we met, we were both attracted to other people who weren't in the fellowship, mm. um, who didn't have a godly vision. Yeah. And I didn't have a desire for a long-term relationship with those people. I was just attracted to them. But when you came along, it was different. And I wonder if it was different because not only you're a different person, but different because because you were a spiritual person. Yeah. And maybe and that's what made that more intense, you know, that attraction more intense perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. And that possibility for longevity instead of just uh, going out with someone. I've heard I've heard others say that you know if you're going to date someone you date with the intention that it should be a long term commitment that ends up in marriage. And I don't think when we started going out, I don't think we necessarily immediately thought understood I, that. Yeah, well, I didn't go out with you with the intention to marry you. At... What, what what were your intentions? <laughs> 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 well, I think that. Just to, just to, I don't know, go out, get to know you. I, I didn't, I didn't plan too far ahead. I just wanted to get to know you and, um, and go out places with you and go to young people's with you and hang out and, and have fun and blah yeah, blah blah. But I didn't, I didn't think too far ahead about it. I didn't allow myself to actually. Why not? Well, I just. I thought you might get sick of me pretty quick. <laughs> well, clearly that didn't happen. No. 28 years later, I know you didn't think about marriage when we went out. Did you? No. But I wonder if we'd been more intentional earlier on that we wouldn't have had the same attra- attraction to other people before we met. If we knew and clearly understood that a relationship should be with the intention that there'll be a union at some point, mm. a marriage at some point, and that's the intention of the going out piece or the yeah. relationship piece in the beginning, would we have just gone, oh, I'm a, I find that person attractive, but there's no way I could marry them or no way I would marry them because they don't have the same faith as me, so therefore I'll just move on. And I wonder if we would have been less attracted to others. Mm. Probably. So when we first planned having this episode, this topic about picking the one, there were a couple of sort of key things that we thought about that we'd like to uncover. And I think they've all come out in the interview, including what sort of questions should you be asking of the person uh, that you're dating? What qualities mm. should you be looking for? Do you go with your heart yeah. or your head mm-hmm. or both? Is it just a physical attraction or is there more to what you should be looking for in a relationship? So they're sort of the questions that arise when you think about, well, how do you choose the right person mm. to spend the rest of your life with? And I think they absolutely come out in this episode. So on to Pete and Andrea. Pete and Andrea, thank you so much for having us over this evening. I swear that Ben runs this podcast so that we get to go and visit everyone's houses and have <laughs> meals and suppers. So thank you both. You're Our welcome. Pleasure. So today we're going to discuss the topic of picking the one. 
finding the mm-hmm. person that you are going to spend the rest of your life with. So I'm actually going to start first of all with Andrea. Okay. Because I want to know what you were looking for. Oh, where do I start? I um, I was looking for someone that had the same faith in the Lord and strength, I think, someone that I could see was um, grounded in serving the Lord and had a fear of the Lord. I think for me as well, um, my my mum and dad were – my dad had come to the fellowship before my mum and it took eight years for my mum to come along and that really affected me because at home I could see that it was a battle. They had a great marriage and they loved each other dearly, but there was this one thing that was constantly niggling in our home life and that was my mum didn't have the same view, idea, faith as dad. And so the times when there were meetings, mum would stop talking to dad and it would feel quite tense at home. Wow. Um, There would be things where dad would want to pray about something and mum would put her guard up and say, well, what's the point or things like that. So that really stood in my mind as a child and um, growing up I always had that thought of, well, I don't want to ever have to feel that there is that that tension there or not having that common bond because I could see how hard it was for my dad and it was always a battle, but I could also see how hard it was for my mum that she loved dad, but there was always this pull, this battle going on. Um, and once my mum did get baptised and come along, their marriage changed again and they were in unity and our home changed and even though it was really good always that tension had gone and and they were one um and and god was their common bond and so i just knew that i wanted that and if i looked for somebody or picked somebody that didn't have that common bond i knew that it would be very difficult and so that was my that was my number one priority i always looked at potential guys that i well, you know um i would look at them and think okay are they somebody that is one serving the lord do they love the lord more than anything and would they be somebody that I could serve the Lord with? And so that was my number one priority. Wasn't anything about good looks or anything like that? <laughs> I was there? about to say. Come on. And then, spiritual side, spiritual stuff aside, they also had to be somebody that I, I got along well with and that I felt I could hold a conversation with and have the same kind of interests. And, yeah. and I had to be attracted and to them. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So how old were you when you met Pete? Um, when we first met or when we first got together? Oh, well, maybe when you first got together. I think we should go back. <laughs> oh, and we've tell, got to go back. And tell the history of why it took so long for us <laughs> to actually get together. Okay. Yeah, let's go back to that. Well, because... I'll, tell, I'll tell my version and yeah. then, then she can probably correct me later. When... Um, well, I, I noticed Andrea because I was going to the Vogue at the time and Andrea was Elizabeth, which is a little bit further up north. And so she would come uh, to the Vogue every now and then uh, and she would end up being asked to give her testimony. So I'd see her yeah. down the front and go, okay, there's that person there. 
you I'm kind of you start to <laughs> no, 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 because I was I was quite I, and still am quite shy about you know being proactive in that sort of regard. Really? I was very um, reserved and uh, probably lacked a bit of confidence in that department of things. Um, and because of that, I probably came across as being incredibly abrupt. So the very first time that we met, um, I was helping to do one of the youngest camps and Andrea had come down. Um, I think you arrived on the Sunday or the Saturday night or something like that. It was a little bit later than everyone else. And at that time, we'd had T-shirts that, you know, was part of the um, camp and bits and pieces. And she'd come in and signed in and everything like that. And then she'd said, oh, and by the way, where's my T-shirt? I don't think I said it like that. <laughs> she, asked, she would have asked like this. That's fair enough. Um, but I was probably tired and lacking in a bit of sleep and over it. And I don't think... Well, you can tell this part of it. So he didn't even look up from his laptop and just gave me this no eye contact attitude and just said, if you wanted your T-shirt, you should have come on time. Your T-shirt's gone. Oh, whoa. Pete, (laughs) what an open liner. Well, first impressions count, don't they? Absolutely. (laughs) That first impression counted for a very, very long time. Well, it wasn't, yeah, I mean, and I... It wasn't until a few years later that I'd started to notice Andrea. Probably then, not even realising I was the person no, he spoke to like that. But then when I tried to start to contact her, which was by a message or email or whatever it was, I got the ice cold Andrea, which was <laughs> the response was like, and you, obviously you try and send a question to try and yeah. build up the conversation and, you know, all the general sort of stuff. But the responses I got was, one, one, one liner of this is it and don't ask me any more questions whatsoever. Politely. So, politely. What did you think at that moment when you started getting those messages after your first contact with Pete that was no eye contact, a bit grumpy, very stern, and all of a sudden you're getting these messages? What were you thinking? Well, I had very little um nice things to say about him after that encounter. (laughs) I didn't think very highly of him at all. I think the words I used were arrogant and, um, yeah, there were a few others there. So I didn't, I didn't really like Pete at all. And, um, I tried to avoid him. And then I was, uh, helping out with a youngies event from Elizabeth and Pete was the contact person for the Vogue. So I had to contact him to get some information. So that's how he got my number. And um, <laughs> I was really avoiding having to contact him to yeah. ask him the questions I needed. So to much ask. so that you palmed it off to someone else to contact me. I did. So for the first couple of contacts, I got someone else to do it because I just didn't want to actually speak to him at all. Um, That's brilliant. Personal assistant. (laughs) Can I please employ someone to do this for me? And then eventually I contacted him via email uh, so I didn't have to speak to him. And then um, I ended up having to ring him a couple of times. And there were a couple of times there that I thought he's actually quite polite to talk to on the phone and he was uh, supportive in the information I needed and getting the youngies um, sorted on his end, I thought, okay, he's quite reasonable, but that was as far as it went. And then when the event ended, I kept getting text messages 
Um, and at first they were just kind of group messages about like, would you like to be part of a group text, uh, sending out scriptures and things like that. And I thought, okay, all right. That's the peak had only just started that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I agreed to it. I was being polite. And then after a while I started getting, uh, random emails, um, just asking how I was going or, um, had I thought about going to kids camp or things like that. And like Pete said, I would politely just reply with the answer he needed and then end the email or the text message. So yeah, I, I was a bit surprised, but I also wanted to run the other way. I just, I was not interested at all. I think for me, the biggest thing was, um, because of the way he spoke to me that time, I was really concerned about um, I'm someone that I'm I'm very aware of um, people's feelings and, yes. and things like that. And I thought I don't want to be with someone who's so abrupt and arrogant that I'm constantly going to be on edge about are they being kind. And so in my head I thought he was quite abrupt and blunt and um, thought just to speak to me that way, is he going to speak to other people that way? I'd rather not have anything to do with him so wow harsh Pete that is really harsh so what did you have to do to win her over um I don't actually think it was it was even me in the end I I I kept on trying for two years off (laughs) and on well that's persistent (laughs) it was Andrea And and looking back now it's kind of I don't know I, maybe I was just naive or something like that because I, I was aware of the fact that she wasn't responding in, um, yes, let's make this go further. It was very much, that's it, I don't want to talk anymore type thing, politely. I actually don't know why he persisted for so long. Like I think to myself if that was me on the mm. other end, I would have given up if someone was yes, same like, here. yeah. I would have I'd... gone, oh, that person, yeah, they're not responding. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll just, take my. I'm so glad he did persist. <laughs> I'll I'm, go I'm, somewhere I'm, else now. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad he did, but I, yeah, I don't know why he did. I don't know what it was necessarily, but I kept on, I think I, stop for maybe a few months emailing and just seeing how she's going and trying to get some conversations. There'd been a couple of other combined youngies activities along the way. So I think that probably um, we'd had some interaction there and opportunity probably to see each other in our natural environment mm-hmm. and amongst friends and stuff like that. So maybe that helped in some regard. But um, I think you had a dream about me, didn't you? No, it wasn't a, a dream about you. <laughs> I think leading up to that, there were a few times because I was seeing him a bit more often in combined youngies events and I was going to the Vogue visiting um, friends there and things like that. I I was aware that he had been texting me and emailing me and even though he'd never come out and actually said I'm interested or things like that, I kind of started feeling that I had an inkling he, he was. So obviously you have this little radar going, he may be interested. You start to take notice a little bit more of what they're like and what they're doing. And so I did notice that, um, he wasn't as bad as I had made him out to be. Yeah. And I did notice he was very involved in the fellowship and, and strong in the Lord and had come from a, an upbringing where, um, he was brought up in the fellowship and, Uh, had visited smaller fellowships and all of those things had kind of appealed to me in what I was looking for, like I'd mentioned earlier. So I had started to take notice of him, but not in a 
not in an interested way, but yeah. just noticing what he was like as a person. He was starting to tick some of those yeah, attributes, right. yeah. but you hadn't quite put it that he you might pursue a relationship. To, yeah. That's right. So, Pete, at that point, yeah. Um, we jump straight into this story, but going back before we move further in this section yeah, yeah. of the story, were you looking for a certain person or tell me how you came about I finding think, your one? I think I always, I always wanted someone that was strong in the Lord, that wanted that, someone that I could serve the Lord with. That was just a major thing for me, I think. Um, looking back, anyone that really caught my attention was someone that was serving the Lord or had that desire to serve the Lord, was involved with things yeah. and was doing things. They, they stood out to me. Um, I mean, obviously, there's the, the, the physical attraction and all that sort of stuff as well, but it was fundamental to having that. I knew to have that successful marriage, regardless, we had to be on the same page spiritually. Yeah. That, was, that was fundamental. I think I... If we had that in common, I knew that um, we would be all right, mm-hmm. and that was that was a really big part. I think because growing up in the Lord and being involved in um, smaller fellowships, and you can see the result of people when uh, they're not on the same page, uh, and it can be devastating there. And I just like Andrew's yeah, yeah, family, exactly right. And I, I think that was the. Um, I, I just wanted to have that surety and that, you know, that solid foundation for myself and then, then for my marriage. I, I figured one thing I don't want to fight about per se is about our salvation. Yeah. I wanted that part to make sure that that was rock solid, yeah. done and dusted. I didn't have to worry about it. And mm. f- for for both of us, our, our desire is to serve the Lord. It's to make sure that we're reading the Bible and, and praying and we uh, appreciate the Word of God and uh, we recognize those things to be true and we, we can't get around that. And it's building upon that regardless of who it was going to be. That was just really fundamental. And yeah. I, there was no question about that in my mind. It was just it was kind of like when I got asked to um, start praying for the Holy Spirit. You know, as, a, as a child growing up in the, in the fellowship, you saw people receive the Holy Spirit you saw how God had changed in their life and, and all that sort of stuff. So when Dad asked, finally asked me, would you like to have some prayer to receive the Holy Spirit? I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. There was no question about it. And I guess whoever I was looking for to be married to in the Lord, it was that there was no question about it. It just had to be someone who I was going to be able to serve the Lord with in, in whatever capacity that was. That's so. very mature thinking, though, isn't it? Ah. If you were... If you <laughs> maybe, were maybe. Say if you were 17, 18, would you have been thinking those same things? So how old were you when you went out? I was 25 and... I was older. (laughs) You were about 30, 31, I think. Yeah, early 30s. Yeah. I think for me, um, even when I was a a teenager and then starting to, you know, early 20s and you start to think about those sorts of things, the reason why some relationships didn't move on or didn't even get to that point but because there was that question there about salvation there was that question there about doing spiritual things together and I already knew that within myself I don't know if that was maturity or whatever it was I I just I praise the Lord that um, whatever happened it was that Andrew and I have ended up together and were able to look to the Lord together and that's that's a real yeah. strength and unity for our relationship. So. so so from the outset, 
both of you were looking for a solid Christian marriage to, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. to have together, which is, you mm. know, pretty pretty spectacular. Yeah. You can't say that out there in the universe everyone's mm. looking for that. So I mean, marriage, is, marriage is absolutely fantastic, but it's hard work. You've got to work at it. You've yeah. got to, you know, you've got to mm. talk with each other. Definitely. You've got to um, compensate here and there. You've got to, you know, you know, balance things out. And I, I, well, both of us didn't want to have that argument about our spiritual life. Yeah. That had to be, we didn't want to come home and argue about those sort of things. We'd rather argue about who's going to do the dishes or oh, take the yes. rubbish out, you know? Most definitely. Or iron. <laughs> and I think for me as well, um, like talking about, you know, 18, 19 and thinking that way, a big thing for me was I always had the thought in the back of my mind, if I just chose someone because they were good looking or, and like comment, comment aside, like I was, <laughs> I was always the gooby girl. Like I, I wasn't, you know, so I never saw myself as someone that could just go and choose anyone I ever wanted. Like I always saw myself as the gooby, the gooby girl. Yes. So I, I think that had a bit of an impact on how I saw so things. So you had or, a confidence issue oh, as sure, far as that was definitely, as well. Definitely. I didn't think that I, I was, anybody's kind of pick so I was certain that I was just happy being friends with most people whereas, because... whereas for me I was scared that someone else was going to steal her <laughs> wow so what did you have to do to make sure that that didn't happen Pete probably move a little bit faster than she liked <laughs> but I think oh. for me I think um just on that I um I always had in the back of my mind that if something did eventuate with someone, they would always be my brother in Christ. Mm. Yes. And so I would always have to see them at the meetings or at camps or things like that. And I didn't want to ever taint my brother-sister relationship mm. with someone if it didn't work out. And I didn't yeah. want to have to feel embarrassment or shame mm. or um yeah, I didn't want to have to feel apologetic every time I saw them if it didn't work out mm. and we had um, not been wise in any decisions we'd made. So I think that had always been in the back of my mind that yeah. I, um, if I was going to have a relationship with someone, it had to be one that looked like it was going to be for keeps. It needed to be someone that had their eyes set on the same goal as me. Which is why you were cautious going into very cautious, and I Pete calls it the Ice Queen vibe. But I, I well. did. I put on. He used to call me the Ice Queen. Other people did as well. <laughs> oh. But I, I did. I put on a vibe because I was really scared of letting anyone think that I was interested if I wasn't, and then okay. leading them on and feeling really sorry for doing that later. Yeah. So I would just put this vibe up which probably didn't do me any favors but that's just how I dealt with things yeah but Pete managed to I managed he did. to chip away <laughs> slowly 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 <laughs> he did he did and I think um I knew like I, I actually knew as I was watching Pete at events and things like that I knew that he was somebody that was ticking all the boxes like you said before and we have a laugh now but there was there was one camp I was with a really good friend who was aware that Pete had been showing interest and kept kind of nudging me to do something about it or go and talk to him and I was not interested still (laughs) 
and we were sitting at the beach at Karakalinga at a Christmas camp one day and Pete was a few metres away with his mate and I just looked over and then I looked at my friend and I said, oh, stuff, I'm going to marry him one day, aren't I? <gasps> you knew. Did yeah. you know at that moment? Knew, but I just fought it. I fought it and fought it. Wow. And I wonder if the the Pete that was sitting a metre or two up on the beach there had any inkling that you had that going on in your he head. Yeah, that. Not. And he'd been messaging me yeah, at that time not. and emailing me and I wasn't giving much away, but I just knew that, like I just thought, I'm going to marry him one day because <laughs> I knew he was ticking all the boxes. <laughs> My goodness. So, Pete, what did you do that oh, finally or was it just I, a combination I just, of... I don't think it was. There's no secret sauce there, that's for sure, not from my point of view. I think it was the Lord. I think it was... Um, he was just being persistent and being genuine is probably... And respectful. I think that's a that's that a was huge probably thing. a big yeah. part of just being who I was going to be or who I am, you know, just being respectful of, as Andrea said, a brother or sister in the Lord. Like yeah. that had to be the end thing. If it didn't work out, that relationship within the fellowship still had to be sound and secure. You still Absolutely. wanted to be able to yeah. walk away and know that we're still brother and sister in Christ and that we can still have that relationship in the family of God. That's really, really important. And I think our age helped with that, like you said before, a bit of maturity. We had both, well, I know for myself, by that time, I had become very independent. I'd finished uni. I'd got a job. I knew kind of what I wanted. I, I'd i resolved within myself that, yes. You were yes, going to live with your nine cats. Oh, and- stop. That's <laughs> not true at all. Teasing. <laughs> I'm allergic to cats, so that wasn't going to happen. Um, I, I'd resolved within myself, yes, life in the Lord at that age, being single, can sometimes be a little bit tricky, as being the third wheel at things and being a bit lonely. And at times it wasn't fun. But I had decided that I'd rather be single in the Lord and have my salvation than marry the wrong person and have a struggle for the rest of my Mm. walk in the Lord or to lose my walk. So um, my prayer was always, Lord, uh, give me the peace that I'm happy to be single for the rest of my life and make it work or find me the right person that I can serve you with. So that was always my my prayer. Please tell them about the dream. And so it wasn't a dream. He you better tell he us about the dream. The dream. <laughs> um, so by then I think um, I'd started to notice that Pete wasn't as arrogant or or nasty or mean as I thought he was. He started to soften. Um, and a lot of friends had started mentioning, oh, Pete's actually a really nice guy and, you know, he, he isn't what you thought he was. And so that was all playing in the back of my mind. And I just um, had a, a few um, up and down times around that stage of feeling a bit lonely and feeling a bit like, okay, I'm 25 I'm starting to feel like maybe I am going to be on my own. I've got to get used to this kind of thing. Um, And I I went to sleep that night and then I woke up in the middle of the night and I was having some thoughts about my future and um, they had just flooded into my head. I don't know where they came from. And Pete had been one of those thoughts that had come into my mind as I was thinking about my future and it wasn't just about marriage it was about lots of things but that was just one of them and I just remember feeling really over having to think about those things all the time and 
try and figure it out myself. So I just said to the Lord, I'm just leaving it to you. You just, if, if it's Pete that I'm meant to be with, I'm sick of fighting this. If just give me the person I can serve you the best with because wow, that's my great. heart's desire. And so I just left it. I went back to sleep and then I hadn't heard from Pete for weeks or even months, I oh, think. Yeah. And so I just, he, he had just randomly come into my mind and that was it. I went to work the next day, came home and I checked my emails and there was this email from Pete and just checking wow. in, how are you going? I remember this is your first day back at work, start of the year. Wow. Thought I'd just, you know, check in, da, da, da. And for the first time, I um like that thought from the night before instantly came back into my head and I hadn't thought about it all day. I'd forgotten I'd even had that that thought at night. So for the first time, I actually thought maybe I need to respond properly this time and wow. start a conversation. So, um, so, so he got an essay. I got a, got a, a response couple of paragraphs, like that, I think. Sitting, <laughs> sitting at work and I get a response back from an email and uh, as you do with any excited thing, you have to try and contain yourself at work without, <laughs> you know, celebrating and doing anything. I can't, re- I can't reply straight away because that will be too obvious too and be too desperate. <laughs> Had to wait a few hours at least. I think I waited a day or something. Oh, but, wow. the, but the response was certainly very, very different. And then I kind of knew, okay, I've, maybe there's a little chance here. Did you ask her out for dinner at that moment? No, this is, that's see, another this is, story. This is a real, it's a funny <laughs> thing because it's a real, seems to be a bone of contention, not between us, but it's, um, I don't know, we were very mindful of in a big fellowship, there's a lot of eyes that seem to be on people, particularly, I guess, because we're a little bit older and people are, you know. People oh, love they, a match. They would suit that person and they should go out with that person and all, and all of this. So we were probably quite private and both of us without speaking about it were quite private in our thoughts about well let's just see if this is going to work out together first I guess was a big thing but it was probably a few must have been a couple of months at least of emailing back and forward just privately we didn't really tell Mm. anybody else about it and it was just emailing about talks we'd heard, things yeah. we were up to, I think things your auntie we liked. had just come for the Lord. Yeah, we're sharing testimonies. So it wasn't even stuff about, you know, I like you or, you know, it wasn't even that. It was it was just getting to know each other through emailing. Yeah. So we had a, um, a leadership camp in February back then. So this is going back about 11 years now. And um, a friend had arranged a dinner, lunch, a, a lunch. Yeah for your family at camp and that got changed. And anyway, it was on the, was it on the Monday? Mm. The moment this brother came up to me and said, oh, we're just going out for lunch. Do you want to join us? <laughs> and here Sneaky. I am I'm thinking I am in because I know that this brother is friends with that sister that I particularly like. So she's gone and asked him to come and ask me to lunch So because we're emailing and, and this is fantastic. But I had no idea. I think she just about killed him. <laughs> so I rocked up to lunch and in walks Pete Nank. You were and set up. I walked out. <laughs> oh, you walked out. Andrea. I think you were lucky because you got a phone call at that same time. So it didn't look that bad. I was, Pete, how did you feel at I that moment? I was horrified because 
all of a sudden I felt really comfortable with emailing him and feeling like it was going in a direction where I had slight control of it and yeah. no one knew and I was just getting to know this guy and I wasn't leading him on and nobody needed to know. And then this brother who was trying to match us together had no idea that we'd been emailing, had invited Pete to lunch and then I thought, oh no, Pete's going to think I'm trying to rush stuff and match us together. And what is he going to think? And That's so exactly I, what I, thought. I felt <laughs> awful. I felt embarrassed. I felt just, exposed. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I was horrified, but unbeknownst to me, it was exactly what Pete mm. needed because he took it as a confidence boost that mm. I had arranged it. So I must've been interested so that night after camp, I got home and I got a phone call from Pete asking me out for coffee. Oh, so we the went out the following night, night. Because I remember coming home from work, I was going to my parents' place for dinner and I was just like, I've got to make this phone call before I go inside. And I've got to see if that's you. <laughs> and that's the second most time I've been nervous. The first most nervous time was when I asked her to marry me. But yeah, but we, I phoned you up and asked if you'd like to go out for coffee and thankfully you said yes. Yeah. And we... Probably over the course of a month, we went out about three times. Yeah, for coffee, for coffee. lunch, and... and I think our friends who who loved us, I think they just really wanted us to be together and for yeah. it to work. And so they were super keen, and we all got we all got various phone calls from various friends and family over this over this course. But they all saw the potential before we were, you mm, both did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think we all had it under control as well. Yeah. They were just super keen to make sure that opportunities weren't missed yeah but it <laughs> it worked out and um it took a long time but we always have a laugh now and say it was the lord's timing maybe if mm. it happened sooner it may not have been the right time so we were maybe in the best part of our life where we we looked at each other and knew what we needed where if it was two or three years before that maybe we would have missed that opportunity or not been the people that we were when we got together i certainly had some growing up to do there was no doubt about that. And we've both said that maybe if we did meet each other years before, we probably wouldn't have even been interested in each other. I would have because... had hair back then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That would, have been, that would have been something. An offering. <laughs> but yeah, you just don't know, do you? You've just got to trust yeah. that that's the Lord's timing. That's and... the path. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I think we've um, we've always said that even though we were a little bit older um, getting together. We had a bit of life experience behind us. I'd worked, Pete was mm. working, I'd been to uni, um, and I kind of felt like I had done things, I'd ticked things off, I didn't feel like I'd missed out on anything or yeah. um, I was ready for the next chapter. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I think we we still change together and evolve, but we didn't come into a marriage at 18, 19 and then have to try and figure out who we were once we were yeah. in this marriage. Yeah. We, um, we had kind you of done a few already. things and yeah, yeah. I, I started to get a lot more confidence about myself and knew the things I wanted and the things I didn't want where maybe when I was younger, I, I wouldn't have spoken up or known what I wanted as much. I think that was a big thing for us. I mean, we obviously had to be a little bit older, but both my sisters, they got married when they were 18, 19. And both had you know, married. got great yeah. marriages. They got, you know, yeah. lots of kids and stuff like that, you know, and they're being used to the Lord and they're, they're serving the Lord in that capacity and it's worked well for them. But I think that that fundamental has still come back is that they've, 
their whole purpose was to serve the Lord, yeah. you know, and have that relationship in in a spiritual capacity first, and build upon that instead of being on other things. And that's that's why it's probably worked for all all of us. And it's it's so important. Um, about a year after we got married, I mm. got quite sick with digestive issues, and um, it would affect me quite badly at night, especially. And um, I would wake up quite often at night and be in a lot of pain and. Um, be really unwell and um, Pete would would lay hands on me and pray for me and encourage me with scriptures and and just he was the strength spiritually for me when at times when I couldn't be and we look back at it now and we always say if if Pete wasn't in the fellowship and I had picked somebody out in the world um, who wasn't part of the fellowship that had the same um, faith as me, then what could he have given me apart from a hug and some positive thoughts or taking me to the hospital or the doctors each time? Mm. There was nothing else he could have offered me. But as a spirit-filled husband, he has the same uh, strength and vision and and love for the Lord, he would straight away encourage me and and pray for me and lay hands on me and and have the faith on my behalf that I would be healed and I would sleep that night. And so it's just little things like that that are always reminders of yes, it's hard when you're single and and yes, sometimes it is easy to go okay, well, you know, maybe I will look elsewhere or Mm. those kind of things. I think we've both been in that position where we had those thoughts at times, but it always came back to what's the bigger picture. And it's those moments that we've shared as a married couple where we're so grateful that we did stick it out and we did wait for the right person because I needed that at that time when I was sick. And even now I I love talking to Pete about the Lord and Mm. scriptures and testimonies. I love serving the Lord with Pete. And that was my prayer that night when I had those thoughts in my head of, well, Lord, just give me someone that I can serve you with. And How perfect. Yeah, and he did. What, what so. better way to have a marriage yeah. than to have someone exactly on the same page mm. as you and definitely serving together until the Lord yeah. returns. Yep. I mean, that's, Absolutely. that's the best. And that's, that's exactly what the Lord intended mm. and what God intended our marriages yeah. to be. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Now, I hear that you're going to come back as hosts for future episodes. Apparently, Apparently, yeah. (laughs) Apparently we are. Oh, I think you'll make great hosts. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about yet, but uh, there's plenty to talk about with marriage. There's there's a huge, huge pool of topics Mm. to explore and uncover. Is there a particular scripture that both of you are aligned with that you both love to read together or or do you have two individual scriptures that you'd like to apply to your marriage I think there's a few mm. I think um we both when when we got engaged and we were looking for our rings we had both decided that we would put a scripture in both our rings so oh, that's beautiful. Um, I chose one for Pete and he chose one for me and so my scripture was first Peter 3 verse 7 and okay. he gave to me Okay, so First Peter. Yep. 
3, Three verse, verse seven. 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honour unto the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Mm. That yep. is absolute gold. And mine was Proverbs 31, uh, verse 10 to 11. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. That's perfect. What a great way to honour each other and the Lord with those scriptures. Absolutely. It's a good good way to start our marriage with those in our rings on our wedding day. And clearly, you know, you're still applying that. 11 years later, did you say that well, you've been? 10 years married in March next year. Yeah, and wow. 11 years together. Great. So, yeah. Good job, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Hopefully our story helps somebody pick the right person. <laughs> she says with bucket loads of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your advice would be stay true to your list. If it's the right list, according to the Lord, definitely. Well done. Absolutely. Yeah. And well done, Pete, for being persistent. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks, Emily. No worries. Thank you. Well, that's the wrap on how to find the partner, how to choose or pick the right partner to spend the rest of your life with. They've done well. They have done well. It was a good episode. I've got something for you listeners to help us with. On our website, www.hesayssheesaysgodsays.com, there's a page called Survey, and in there we have a list of topics that we've been approached about or people have suggested that they'd like to see on the podcast. Jump on there, have a look, and click on the ones that you would like to see coming up soon. Oh, that's such a great idea. Hmm. I've had lots of people ask what's, what's up next or you should talk about this. That'll give us an opportunity to hear what people are most interested uh, to listen to so jump on there and have a look uh, you can also send us an email podcast at he says she says god says dot com i wanted to read an email actually that we got uh, just last week from uh, a young lady she said i'm so pleased that you started this venture because there's so much value in every single podcast uh, we've been blessed that they've had some really wonderful mentors in our marriage and before we were married and I always wish that there was an accessible form of this mentoring for everyone. I think that really highlights how important having other people to talk to about your marriage and before you're married. Mm. Good, solid mentors who've been there before, uh, how important that really is. And that came out in the previous episode with Max and Tash. Uh, and Certainly I, did. And it's great to hear that this young lady and her husband received that before they were married and, and since they have been. So, yeah, I really encourage listeners out there to not only listen to the podcast, which is, you know, a resource, but make sure that they spend some time with, you know, couples who've, uh, you know, really got solid foundations in marriage. Yeah, seek uh, out a good example. Yeah, and who really understand the biblical um, nature of of what marriage is all about. So there you go. That's the wrap for the episode. Subscribe. You know how to do that. 
for those that don't know, that every podcast app has a show notes or a description about the podcast. And so if you look on your app, you'll find that sometimes it's a little bit hidden depending on which app you're using. And in there are the notes that relate to this episode, but also the scriptures that get referenced in there. So there's a cl clickable link. You can click on there and it'll take you out to read the scriptures that uh, get mentioned in this episode as well. So go and check out the show notes. Um, they're also on the website as well. Until next time, he says. She says. God, God says. says. The, sec the second time, I, uh, we were obviously having a conversation and I'd, I'd asked her a question and then went to take a sip of my coffee and whatever she said, I can't remember now, but I must have found it funny because I went to laugh but... yeah, and I spat coffee right across the table. Mouthful. Right almost across her. Almost across her. It was on me. Oh, that's brilliant. And then thankfully at the end of the night, she said, yes, yeah, she'd like to have another. And mum and dad used to say to me, oh, just marry Peter Nankerville. And I used to say, even if he's the last person on earth, I will not marry Peter Nankerville. <laughs> this is why. Oh, <laughs> this is why in conversations that we have now where she talks about, I'm not going to do this or we should do that. And I'm just, just be careful because God has got a very funny sense of humour. I said I would never marry him. How's that going for you now? And, and, I, and I promise I'll be calm with the outtakes. Outtakes. Outtakes on me. He's well, got I, enough I heard outtakes. the beta version of the very first episode, which had a nice little burp going on in it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>